MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, November 5th, 2020. Today, election week continues with new lawsuits and recounts from the Trump camp as officials continue to count the votes and the United States Postal Service failed to deliver multiple ballots as DeJoy is in the hot seat with Judge Sullivan. I'm your host, A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Oh, boy. Dana, I'm tired. Oh, my God. I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. Like, I apologize to anyone who's ever actually been hit by a Mack truck, but I'm assuming this is what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No Mack truck hit shaming. Um, yeah, we didn't get the last night was tough. You know, we didn't get the massive margins we were hoping for. Uh, at least that we know of. Uh, I still think there might be shenanigans in some states like Texas. But uh, what's happening is exactly what we talked about, right? The red mirage, how it would seem to have gone Trump's way at first, because in-person voters tend to be Republican. They'll count those up. It'll look like Trump's doing well, plus the whole South comes in. And then as absentee votes are counted and the blue states come in, it, it seems to flip for Biden. And we'll talk more about that. And I'll speak later with Andrew Torres from Opening Arguments about the lawsuits that are happening from the Trump side, including what's happening with Louis DeJoy outright ignoring Judge Sullivan's order to sweep post office processing centers in swing states and uh, the new suits brought in Pennsylvania and Michigan. And, of course, the filing uh, by Jay Sekulow for Pennsylvania and a little update on what's going on with Harris County. That's all pretty good news. Um But, you know, the Republicans were trying to throw out 127,000 ballots. I mean, not to mention, apparently, what, 27 percent of Southern Florida never got their ballots in the mail because DeJoy stopped the delivery. I mean, there's so much. That's why the numbers, I just, I know more sketchy shit happened. I mean, for it to be this close, yes, all the voter suppression, yes, the Postal Service, but I feel like it just, it goes deeper. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It it doesn't make any mathematical sense. Uh, and, uh, you know, I acknowledge I live in a bubble. I live here in Southern sure. California. But but the I mean, we have our eye on the nation and uh, and it just seemed uh, it just doesn't make any sense. You're right. Uh, but I want to thank everyone who watched our results show. I uh, appreciate you. Thanks to Andy and Jill McCabe, who stopped in, and Rachel Vindman and Sam Vinograd, Frank Faglusi, Andrew Torres, all of our guests. We had so many wonderful guests come in, pop in, and talk to us. That was really, uh, I don't know if fun is the right word, but it was helpful. <laughs> yeah, so we do have uh, a lot to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So last night, um, you know, gosh, we were on the air for what, five and a half hours, I think. And, you know, I sort of covered this in, in the intro, Dana. It 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 didn't look good at first, right? Yeah. We knew it wasn't going to, but I wasn't prepared for how it would make me feel. Yeah, I, I mean, the roller coaster. I, I made the mistake of like so many people being like, OK, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to put in as many hours as I can. And just the emotional roller coaster of, oh, my God, here we go oh my God, are we going to take Texas? Florida looks good. Like we dealt with this in 2016. And so a lot of us already still had our PTSD then to go through that 
again i'm just like why do we why did i do this to myself instead of just like having a you know, bottle of wine going to bed and waking up the next day and be like tell me what happened did hunter biden beat john don jr like what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah how's hunter biden doing in his bid for the presidency uh, yeah i think hunter's losing his campaign but i think it's gonna be okay i think it's gonna be okay yeah i think so too uh <laughs> but yeah it was it was um we, I, I was expecting it to be a much wider margin in a lot of places. I yes. thought we would hear. I, th- I thought Florida would go, and I thought Texas would go, and it, it looked like that early, and then those hopes were dashed pretty quickly. Uh, and I, I know that I said multiple times, like, don't worry, we don't need Florida and Texas. You know, it's, it's all about uh, right. Would have been nice, but yeah, <laughs> it would have been really nice. Uh, but you know the 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 vote the states that we need we're not going to know very soon, and we knew that. But man, you're right; it just brought back all those memories. Came flooding back, like uh, like every time a state went to Trump in 2016, just it was hard. It was just hard to watch, and um, it, it got much better today. I'll go into that in a second. Fuck the polls! Like I don't want to hear about polls anymore. Like if Kay, Sarah was beating Susan Collins up in in Maine for the entire year, and then she loses by how many points? Like something's not right. Same thing with Lindsey Graham and Jamie Harrison. So I read somewhere that, um, and if that sounded like my sources tell me, but that apparently there was like 19% Trump voters that were secret voters. Like when they left the polls, they were just lying about their what they were doing, like not telling people their decision. I just can't believe that Jamie and, 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 uh, Sarah lost by that. I just, those numbers are really hard for me to wrap my head around because of what the poll said all year, all year. Yeah. And we're going to have to figure that out because it's still, I mean, there's no silver lining to being a racist piece of shit. But there are people who are racist pieces of shits who still are embarrassed to admit it and say it out loud. Uh, and so that's kind of what happens. And, I, you know, I, I think I cover that a little bit with Andrew Torres later in the show. But it, it's it's it messes with our polling that right when we have somebody like Donald Trump in office and somebody doesn't want to tell a person to their face that they're going to be voting for Donald Trump. But they might do it like anonymously um, on the internet or something. And we have to rectify that. Otherwise our polls are meaningless, you know, and then we get all, we have that roller coaster problem that you talked about. Uh, Part of that roller coaster was legit the Senate news. So we were following this. Mm. Um, Obviously we're disappointed with the results Uh, thus far. Some miraculous things could happen, but I think we're all preparing for the fact that we will not, we're preparing for it, that it's going to be very, very hard yeah, to uh, take yeah. the Senate. I don't want to say anything definitively, but I think we're preparing for it. Because in Maine, Senate yeah. race, as, as I said, Susan Collins broke 50% threshold to avoid the ranked choice voting that happens in that state. Uh, Sarah Gideon has conceded, through, though, even though outlets haven't called the state, which I don't even understand that. To me, don't concede a race until they've called the state. But, you know, you do you, whatever they think sportsmanship is up there fine it's just it's hard to see how democrats at this point can take the senate um we saw mcconnell beat mcgrath i think we all knew that was going to happen i got frustrated with how much mm-hmm. money was being poured into that because it was such a hard race to win uh lindsey as i said beat jamie uh harrison democrat mark kelly won in arizona though that was a huge flip and a very important flip um moving forward uh the tom tillis cal uh Cunningham race hasn't been called yet 
Tillis leads 48.7 to Cunningham's 46.9. So like what, 4.3% of those assholes voted third party in North Carolina. I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring the funny, but I just, it's still just so bitter in my mouth. The Alaska race with the Democrat Al Gross has not been called either, uh, with only 50% of the votes counted there. But Dan Sullivan is up 64 to 31%. And with 95% of the votes in, um, in, in Georgia, Ossoff is trailing Purdue by about 150,000 votes or 50.4% to 47.3% now. If Purdue stays above 50%, there's no runoff. Um, and if he doesn't and he drops below, then maybe there's a chance there. But, and as we all saw, and I think most of us knew this, and I, I, I hate that he was a one term, but Doug Jones lost his race in Alabama to a fucking football coach. Not that there's anything wrong with football coaches, but that's basically his only, his only, uh, you know, claim yeah. to fame. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. It looks like we're not going to get control of the Senate. And I was for sure, I thought for sure we would. Me too. And so that's my, you know, my bad. I apologize for that. Um, I, I, again, it's the polling, I guess, but it just, it didn't make, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And there might be shenanigans and we may find out because Joe Biden is on his way to 270 electoral votes. He, he technically doesn't have them, uh, but he pretty much has them mathematically. Um, and that sort of happened throughout the day today, right? They called uh, Wisconsin. And then Joe came on and spoke and said, yeah, we aren't here to declare victory necessarily, but we are here to say that once all the votes are counted, we're going to win. Yeah. And then right after and then right after he spoke, they called Michigan because right. we were watching, you know, without Texas, without Florida, uh, assuming Arizona flips, um, we have to get Nevada. We have to get Arizona. Uh, we have to get uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. And with those four, we don't, it, Pennsylvania doesn't, right. Yep. You don't need Pennsylvania. Uh, it'd be nice to have. Yeah. And I hate doing rumors and there's a bunch of people saying, but, um, you know, by the time that people hear this, who knows what's going to happen. But um, just the, the under, the underbelly whispers of, you know, uh, Biden taking Pennsylvania by 150,000 votes. Hopefully those are true. And um, hopefully by the mm-hmm. end of the night, we'll have Nevada called um, and yeah, it won't even matter. It won't even matter. It could be a couple of ways. Uh, 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 Joe could end up with all of them and have 290 electoral votes or he mm-hmm. might uh, get Pennsylvania and not get Nevada. I right. don't see how he wouldn't get Nevada, but it is tight. It's tight race there. Yeah. Um, and that, and then that would be 284, I believe. I think there's six uh, electoral votes in Nevada. That's yep. just off the top of my head. But you know, we're looking it it's really, really it's going to be really hard for Trump to to win these states. And that's why he's suing. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk to a lawyer about that in a little bit. But he's going to be up there with 270. And that means that, you know, we're going to have a new Department of Justice and a new cabinet. And yes. that could mean actual investigations into the vote. Right. Um, and I think that that's just you know, makes my heart sing. And we could we could find out some interesting things about some of these Senate races as well. Uh, but, you know, I don't have I haven't heard anything. I don't have any rumors, intelligence or anything. I, right. you know, I'm just saying, yeah, the, we will be looking at the vote, you know, so that's good. I also, you know, and this is just my little wish list mind going is that, you know, when Trump, Donald's going to lose. Um, 
he, I would not be surprised if he starts taking senators down with him, like just throwing people under the bus. Like Johnson was in the room with me and blah, blah, blah was in the room with me. Like if there's investigations and things start to go south, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts taking people with him. <laughs> like that, yeah. that holds seats in the Senate right now. And that creates special, you know, races next, next year. I just would not be surprised. And what I'm finding just a bunch of joy in is that the moment he's out of office, when he loses, the moment he's out of office, a mountain of lawsuits and debt comes crashing down on him. And that, it, that brings me joy. It makes, that makes my heart sing. AG, that makes my heart sing. Yeah. And I, you know, I said, we're going to look at the vote with the new Department of Justice, but we're also going to look at the, you know, I, I remember Joe Biden in his town hall with Stephanopoulos when he's like, you know, there's all these, Mueller put all these obstruction of justice charges together, like all nice and laid out for you. Are you going to do anything about that? And and Biden didn't say no. Yeah. He said, look, I got a Department of Justice. That's their job. Yeah. They're going to do their job independently of me. And what that says to me is, Hell yeah, somebody at the Department of Justice is going to arrest fucking criminals because that's what my Department of Justice would do. And they would not go after people who are not criminals. That's how it works. But again, he's like, I don't I don't have anything to do with that. I'm the president. That's not my job. Right. And he's he's been clear about that for his entire career. He understands civics, basic civics class. So it's um it's I'm very, very hopeful. I'm sad about the Senate. Me too. But I, I think public pressure, you know, we just we continue to have a lot of work to do. And I think that that is true, regardless of what the outcome was or would have been. Yeah. And we have to remember, um, you know, in the midterms of 2022, and I know I'm looking forward a little bit, um, but there are more incumbent GOP senators up for reelection than there were this time. So we need to continue to fight and continue to get these seats flipped and get a voter turnout in 2022. Um, that is just as strong as this one. We have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think I think we may have learned a collective lesson about. I sure hope who so. <laughs> is in charge of a demo- of who is in charge of a democracy, and it's us. So, yeah. and things are moving fast. We'll you, we'll know more by the time you hear this episode. This, you know. Uh, you know, we record Wednesday afternoon for t- for Thursday morning, so we're going to know more. And patrons, keep an eye on your email. Uh, and it, this could be tonight, but we're going to have an emergency happy hour when 270 happens because I never got to open my bottle of Vove, and I and I need to do that with friends. So <laughs> if you're a patron, look out for that email unless <laughs> it's already happened and you're hungover right now. It could, you know, things are things. Uh, all right, we'll be right back with uh, uh, opening arguments co-host Andrew Torres to talk about the lawsuits. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I want to tell you about my favorite life hack, and it's the most useful app on my phone. It's called Blinkist. If you're like me, you're always busy, and finding time to sit down to read or work on personal development can be challenging. Blinkist is designed to solve this problem, and I highly recommend checking it out. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information, bottom line up front, from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Most successful people are known to be voracious readers, and Blinkist is made for busy people who want to get the main points of a book quickly and start to use that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish uh, a book quickly while driving to work or, you know, going on a walk, walking your pod pets. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive growing library from self-help, business, health, 
to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers, uh, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you've always meant to read but never had time to. I like Blinkist because in less than 15 minutes, I get the main points, and that helps me evaluate which books I want to sit down and read in full later. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for all just one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com beans. Try it free for seven days and save 25% on your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B. L-I-N is a Nancy K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash beans to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining me today to discuss election legal things is real-life lawyer and my friend and co-host of the Opening Arguments podcast, Andrew Torres. Andrew, how are you? I am I am a thing. <laughs> Gee, how are you? <laughs> I am also a thing. Thing one and thing two we can be. There we go. Uh, and yeah, and thanks so much also for joining us last night for a little bit for our election live results show. That was fun. Oh, hey, I get to join you at seven. So, you know, before despondency kicked in, um, yep. it was uh, it, it was a challenge having to keep everyone focused on math all night. Um, but, uh, but, but you and I, I think, uh, held, held the line on that and we're, uh, we're vindicated today. So, uh, so there we go. Yeah, that seems to be happening. Although, uh, I really enjoyed Trump's tweets about how states were magically flipping, uh, for Joe Biden, uh, today. I don't, I magically seems to be a word that's being used a lot by, uh, troll farms and the president and, uh, I, I guess I guess numbers are magic. Um. <laughs> Look, I, I, one of the things that I, a, a lot of our listeners, a lot of your listeners, a lot of my listeners are, you know, rightfully sort of going through uh, various emotional responses today. But one of the things that you can be really, really proud of if you listened to our shows, if you were active in the discussion is the fact that we were talking about, and I don't just mean you and I, but I mean kind of generally informed left-leaning political media, the the fact that we were talking about uh, that this was Trump's game plan, I, I think is part of what enabled us to shame, you know, Fox News into not going along with Trump's game plan, right? Right, yeah. And that's a real victory. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, uh, but, you know, numbers are magic, Andrew. And I guess, I guess you know, if you f- are filing for bankruptcy six times, numbers can seem like magic. But um, <laughs> or, you know, I don't I don't understand. Uh, but the, the math is the math. And, and I am glad we did talk about the red mirage. We did talk about how the early numbers would uh, lean Trump. And then the as they counted the votes that were sent in by mail and absentee ballot, they would start flipping and Trump would cry foul, which he has. So let's talk about how he's crying foul. We thought for sure he'd blame Iran or China. He's also <laughs> now filing lawsuits. And uh, you've been doing some research on some of the folks involved in this. Can we talk first about what happened today in Judge Sullivan's courtroom? Yes. <laughs> so and and this I I love that we're starting there because what's going on in Judge Sullivan's courtroom in US District Court for the District of Columbia is a lawsuit that was brought at the end of August 
okay, by various concerned citizen groups uh, involving the chicanery going on at the U.S. Postal Service, right? So this was Vote Forward, the Colorado Organization for Latina Opportunity and Reproductive Rights, um, and and a bunch of other citizens groups that uh, when all of the evidence came down with respect to uh, the the post office uh, destroying uh, mail processing equipment, uh, you know, shutting down uh, resources and and other equipment. Uh, they they filed a lawsuit that uh, that said, uh, "Hey, we want a public accounting of this." Um, and this is the case in which uh, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy uh, just decided not to follow a court order yesterday. And so the bottom line, I'm going to talk about what happened today. By the way, like that's not good when you do that. Yeah, no, you and I have been following a lot of different lawsuits over the last four years. And I can't remember an instance where somebody outright denied or, you know, defied a a court order. Now, granted, the the Department of Justice, when producing documents, has slow rolled it or asked for more time. But I've never seen an outright defiance of a court order yet. Yeah, that's that's right. Like this, this would be the right. This is crossing the line from uh, the the level of, you know, when I think of like the worst scumbaggery uh, that the Trump administration has engaged in, like my mind immediately goes to Bill Barr omitting the word not from his summary of the Mueller report. Right. Um, and and that is scumbaggery of the highest order. But this would be like what DeJoy did is the equivalent of. Uh, if if Bill Barr had just said, no, I'm not going to release the Mueller report uh, and I'm going to burn all existing copies. Right. Yeah. This is something they didn't do until they got desperate. And l- let me cut to the chase. The the relief that we get here uh, may not matter. It, it, it may. Um, it, it It's it's likely to be uh, icing on the cake. Uh, the the evidence as I am pouring through this is that hundreds of of thousands of mail-in ballots were deliberately delayed until after election day by the U.S. Postal Service. Um, and and those ballots, uh, we are getting hard evidence in Florida and Texas. And again, those states have been called. But but if you're sitting there looking at it going, wow, how did, how did Biden lose Florida by two and a half points? Well, the answer is, 300,000 heavily Democratic mail-in ballots uh, weren't weren't distributed uh, by Election Day. We're not part of the count. Um, I, I'm still trying to parse through all these numbers. So, you know, take take it with a, uh, uh, you know, put 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 an error bar around it. Uh, but uh, but here's what happened. So yesterday, uh, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy was instructed uh, to issue uh, facility sweeps. Uh, for all uh, for postal service inspectors or their designees uh, to go out to processing facilities uh, between 1230 and 3 p.m. and ensure that no ballots were held up in central Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Detroit, Colorado, Wyoming, Atlanta, Houston, Alabama, northern New England, greater South Carolina, South Florida, Lakeland and Arizona. Um, DeJoy didn't do that. He didn't do any of that. And so Judge Sullivan was uh, super pissed off about that today. (laughs) And as a result, uh, issued two forms of relief. Number one, there will be another status conference tomorrow at 11 a.m. So uh, 
Judge Sullivan continues to kind of keep his thumb on the pulse of what's going on here. And number two, uh, he ordered uh, that uh, DeJoy today, he, he granted the proposed order in its entirety that was submitted by the plaintiffs in that case, right? And that proposed order in its entirety required the USPS to contact Every plant manager in Texas, instruct them to sweep the facility, identify any inbound ballots postmarked yesterday or earlier. And and by the way, parenthetically, the word you want to look for, this this took me a little bit here, is um, when you're looking at at any of these charts or any of the uh, of the raw data, you're looking for inbound ballots. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, and that's because in, inbound ballots means ballots that were filled out and dropped in the mail to be ba- valid votes, right? Okay, so in inbound is out is is uh, on their done and on their way to the post office. Outbound ballots are blank ballots out to people who haven't voted. Exactly right. Um and and look, these were delayed both ways, right? So on November 1st, right? On Saturday, November 1st, 90,000 outbound ballots never made their way to people who were supposed to get them. Right. Across the country on Monday, the second, another 88,000 outbound ballots never made its way to those people. And, you know, we put out a show. We tried to tell you if you requested one, what the laws were in various states about how you could go and vote in person and whether that would be a provisional ballot or would supersede or whatever. You know, we tried to get the information out. But um, you can imagine you know, what, what the net effect of that is that most people would just be like, well, I tried to get a ballot, never showed up. Oh, well, guess I can't vote. Right. So that, that was the level of outbound suppression. The level of inbound suppression, like I said, was on Monday, uh, 320,000 ballots, uh, that were, that arrived for processing were just never delivered on Saturday. 300,000 ballots were just never delivered, right? So this is a lot of ballots. And I think right. it's And my other us... question, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but my no, other no, no, question fine. is, is there has to be a caveat or at least a an addendum on an inbound ballot that has been processed or not? Because if it's been pro- inbound processed through a sorting machine, it'll get a postmark, Correct. Unprocessed mail will not. And then that brings into question all of the sorting machines that were removed <laughs> and destroyed. Uh, and we'll go into that when we talk about we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about the Pennsylvania lawsuit about the, the you know, three days to count, even if there's no postmark, because I think not only did they delay the mail outbound and then deleted inbound, but I think they're deliberately sabotaging the postmarks. You are. 100% correct. So I was just about to go to that. <laughs> so the, these, these numbers, so the, the documents that were submitted today were documents that received an origin processing scan, but not a destination scan. Okay. So in other words, they were received into the system, but not processed through the system and therefore had what were what was labeled as no destination processing so just sitting somewhere and i wonder if that's when the postmark happens and i i i think i mean again i am not i am by no means an expert on uh postmarks 
Uh, but but right, like the the game of all of this is to uh, is to do one of two things, right? Number one, in states that allow ballots to be counted if received in a reasonable period of time, so long as they're postmarked by election day, to delay the postmark. And number two, in states that have a strict, like Wisconsin, for example, that say. Nope. If they're if if it's received the day after election day, doesn't matter if it's postmarked before election day. Uh, doesn't matter why uh, you're just screwed. That's a that's a monstrously stupid and inequitable rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, that's the rule in several states. Right. So you some have to have the, some have to be po- some have to be received by election day. Some have to be postmarked by election day, yep. and some can even be counted in the safe harbor time allotment without a legible postmark. Yes, if it's if it's illegible, but not. If if it is postmarked Missing. November four or later. Oh right, right, right. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's that's the case. For example, in Nevada, right? There's a, a six day safe harbor uh, for illegible postmarks or postmarks of November third or earlier. Yeah. All of this is to say, um, and 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 again, th- there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a negative cast to this, but but I want you to think about this on the on the positive side. Much of this relief that Judge Sullivan is able to order, right? That is that these ballots are being expedited. And I will tell you, the USPS filed certifications today that they went through this Texas facility and swept up all the ballots and made sure they were all processed and made sure they were out the door. You know, yeah, they're happy to do that on Wednesday after the election, after Texas was called for Donald Trump. Um, We may not reopen Texas. We may not reopen uh, uh, Florida. um, But but as this full picture, Joe Biden has won the election. Joe Biden will mm. win the Electoral College with with 290 electoral votes. Because you're saying Nevada, Arizona, they've already called Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah and that that's saying that uh, I, I believe in math in Pennsylvania. Uh, but even if Pennsylvania and, and I and I also believe that this Supreme Court, while it was teeing up its willingness to engage in unprecedented judicial activism on the on the part of of Justice Kavanaugh to go in and rat fuck us in Pennsylvania if it came down to Pennsylvania um the the fact that that uh that Biden Harris are 270 electoral votes minus Pennsylvania means that I think they're going to look back at this and say eh, discretion's the better part of valor I'm not going to I'm not going to completely shred our election laws uh in order to help Donald Trump lose by a smaller margin that's that's my belief. Yeah. I thought it was interesting today, too, in the hearing. Um, from my understanding, one of the defenses, I mean, they've had a couple of excuses. Uh, DeJoy did. One was, uh, I, I only have a couple of these postal inspectors and they're busy, you know, doing other mail stuff during a fucking election. And then the other one was, we didn't get the uh, order uh, of, you know, to the people, you know, do this by 4 p.m. We need reports by 4 p.m. under penalty of perjury. We we didn't get that in time. We didn't have time to get those to the right people. And and that that second one is hilarious to me because I got the order <laughs> at 11 a.m. Pacific time and I don't even work for the fucking post office. So I I don't get that excuse at all. And then I doubly don't understand that the, the postal inspectors are are busy doing other important tasks. I can't think of a more important task. I, it all of that is pretextual, right? Look, what 
we we know now and and we are starting to put the pieces together of the past month and and what we have is a criminal presidency knowing that it is about to lose throwing every desperate move out there to try and overthrow our democracy uh and the the the, the slowdown of the USPS is clearly one of their biggest monkey wrenches. We we will not know, uh, and it will not matter with respect to the count that goes down in the history books, I, I, I don't think. Uh, but I think we will know through investigative journalism and through piecing through and doing the legwork of all of this information that, that we are getting thanks to the work of, of people like Vote Forward and, and, mm. uh, and, and judges like Judge Sullivan. Uh, in late November, in December, once all this stuff is out, we'll know, hey, maybe Biden won Texas after all. Yeah. Maybe Biden won Florida after all. Again, maybe mm. he didn't. I don't know. I, I do know I'm proud to be a part of the party that 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 wants votes counted and not the party that wants votes thrown away. Yeah. And then you also have to and this is, you know, I'm as I'm my theories are getting wilder and wilder and this is totally conjecture. But now you got to wonder why uh, Trump wanted covid to rip through the country unchecked and held rallies to help that happen uh, to, to, to force more mail in votes. Well, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I share the, uh, the, the, <laughs> I, I, I guess I would always ascribe uh, incompetence before malice on that. Um, but, but, but I, I will tell you, and I, and, and you and I know this, you know, both publicly and, and privately, I, I I'm, I'm very, very non-conspiratorially minded, right? Mm -hmm. I, I am a trust the system, trust the process kind of guy. Yeah, it's probably more along the lines of I don't want anything bad to happen to the stock market because it's all I got. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I see that. But, but, but I will say this in terms of as as an exception to that, and in terms of hypotheses that that deserve being evaluated. You might recall I came on seven o'clock to your live stream yesterday. And I said, I want everybody to remember what happened to us in 2016 was math, right? It was a polling error in the Midwest. It did not, it was localized. It did not extend to, uh, the entire name, right? Like the nationwide polls were correct. The Southwest polls were correct. You know, it was just a couple limited polls were, were systematically off because there was data that, uh, you know, particularly uh, an in-house debate over, uh, low, uh, low education voters, that, that sort of thing. Uh, and I said, math doesn't have a memory. Math doesn't have a partisan bias. The fact that what we're looking at is either coincidentally the polls are off by the amount they needed to be to throw this election into disarray again, uh, or that there is some systematic mismatch now uh, means means that we have to start talking about you know why that is right. Like jo Joe Biden is not going to win the popular vote by eight points, right? It's probably going to be three. So that's a huge, that's above a standard deviations worth of error in the national polls, uh, in all of the battleground state. Like at that point, the spread. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And and, and 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 at that point, you have to start asking and look like. That there are, you could advance. And again, I, there is zero evidence for uh, 
Russia hacking voting machines, for example. But it's a hypothesis you have to throw out there and ask what explains the fact that these system quote systematic errors are all in the same direction are all in targeted states that are identified and were visited by Donald Trump right so what was it hacking or is it just like the the benign explanation is um shy racists right like like people who are racist assholes are, are, you know, lie to pollsters. Um, that, that could be an explanation, but, but the academic literature on shy voters, uh, shows a pretty clear, like one of the ways in which you test for, uh, is there a shy voter factor? Right. And, and, and again, that that's a academic literature euphemism for, right. you know, people who are afraid to admit that they're racist assholes. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we correct for that with by comparing phone polling to anonymous Internet polling. Right. OK, because you think about it, if if the thesis is, yeah, I want to vote, I'm, I, but I'm not going to tell a human being that I'll vote for Trump because, you know, but I'll tell the Internet. Yeah. Right. But well, when you don't even have to have your name attached to it. Right. Then. The, the idea that you need to lie seems a little bit more far-fetched, right? Like nobody's yeah, going to trace it back to you, you know, et, et cetera, et cetera. And the polling we did, uh, I say we, the polling that was done this election cycle because it was massively polled, funded by both sides and by media organizations, did not show a significant, a statistically significant difference between in-person and robocalls and uh, an anonymous internet, right? All of the, the 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 different methodologies that usually help you filter out, you know, shy voters. So I don't know what that is, but but that's another issue. That's a thing that we have to study once all the data has come in. Yeah, yeah, and we have to make being racist embarrassing again. Yeah, that'd be a nice campaign slogan. I got a couple of quick questions about uh, about these four other lawsuits, uh, but I have to take a quick break. Can you hang out for a second? Yes. All right. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG. Thanks for listening to The Beans. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, good people that provide professional help when you need it the most. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living your best life, I recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp isn't a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. As you know, I face my own challenges with PTSD and anxiety, and it's important to seek help rather than to try to face it alone. That's the biggest, biggest hurdle. And BetterHelp's service is available for clients worldwide with a broad range of expertise in their network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The best thing about BetterHelp is you can log into your account anytime from anywhere and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get time responses and you can schedule weekly phone or video sessions and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and that's why they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed it's sometimes some places it's so hard to do that but they they're like no we want to get you with the right person and it's more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available too so visit their website and read the testimonials like this one by user mo who says Lindsay has been super helpful she was very adaptable and willing to help me in the method of therapy that works best for me I prefer a therapist who is hands-on and helps me guide me with homework and plans, and she listened to my needs and made those adjustments. She's also been great helping with my autism. I find she uh, messages in a reasonable time, too. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. 
All right. Welcome back. We're talking with Andrew Torres, real life lawyer from the Opening Arguments podcast and the world as a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, so we, we've covered the Sullivan thing. There's going to be a hearing tomorrow, 11 a.m., uh, and we, you know, we'll, keep, we'll keep talking about that uh, as, as it unfolds. But now uh, we've got lawsuits filed in, I think there's two in Pennsylvania and one in Michigan. And, uh, and then, of course, we have the uh, filing from Seculo with the Supreme Court about the Harris County ballots, and I, I, which is, by the way, fucking hilarious. I know you know. But let's talk about, let's talk about the PA, the, the, the Pennsylvania-Michigan lawsuits. Okay. Let's start with Michigan. And the reason that I want to start with Michigan is, as of this recording, uh, I have been unable to procure copies of either of the supposed Pennsylvania lawsuits. I know the press release that that Trump has put out, and I have reviewed that. Uh, but it is not uncommon for Donald Trump to say, oh, yeah, we're totally going to sue and then not sue. Um, so. I want to tell I want to talk to you first about the lawsuit that because they actually did file a lawsuit in Michigan and it is bananas in pajamas level crazy. Okay? <laughs> it, it is bonkers. So first, it's not pled correctly. Um, and, and what I mean by that is so. A pleading requirement has to do with when you file a civil lawsuit against someone, you have to allege that they have violated all of the elements of that tort, right? So usually that is you have to allege causation, you have to allege damages, you have to allege if it's negligence, right? You have to allege that they have that they owed you a particular duty and that they breached that duty. It, it, it's, oh, is this the one where the guy's like, yeah, but how'd you get hurt? Is that is that this one? <laughs> well that's a that's a standing question. That, that, but 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 yes, as you're thinking about it, right? Like you you need to tell the court we at least that you allege that they have done all of the things such that if you were right, the court can award you relief. This lawsuit requests declaratory and injunctive relief. OK, and your listeners know what an injunction is. That's an order to, to do or not do something. Uh, a declaratory judgment is exactly what it sounds like, right? It is to say, we want the court to declare a particular thing, right? To resolve particular rights. So usually when you would file for a declaratory judgment would be in, in a breach of contract suit, for example, you and I had a contract. Uh, I think you're breaking the contract. You think you're not breaking the contract. We can go to court and say, uh, court, hey, look, we've got a contract. Uh, AG thinks she's abiding by it. I think she's breaking it. Declare our rights under this contract. Right? And you can do the same thing uh, with respect to the application of particular laws. This lawsuit while ostensibly requesting declaratory relief, does not say in words the thing that it kind of implies, right? It doesn't, like, tell me what you want. Use your yeah. words. <laughs> it, it says what they want, but it doesn't say what they think the law is. Right? Oh, even better. <laughs> they kind of imply it, right? But, like, as a lawyer, you don't imply things in your complaint, right? Like, you explicitly state it, and this is one of the areas where you use the, like, you know, witnesseth the party of the first part doth hereby. Yeah, Like, you, you use a little bit of the stock language so that you don't get kicked out for having improperly pled uh, your complaint. Now, what is this about? 
This is about a guy in Michigan who, as far as I can tell, now again, asterisk on this, I've had this lawsuit for about an hour as of uh, our conversation. So this is the reasonable due diligence that I have done. Uh, if it turns out there are multiple Eric Ostergrins in Michigan, uh, then maybe no, I'm I wrong. think you got the right one. <laughs> yeah. This guy is a serial lunatic. Okay. He is, as far as I can tell, sovereign citizen level crazy, um, has routinely suit been, been involved in gadfly nuisance lawsuits, uh, in the state of Michigan. Um, all of which it looks like he's lost. Um, he uh, attempted. Uh, he was he was the plaintiff uh, suing uh, Michigan Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer back in April for uh, uh, restrictions that uh, Governor Whitmer had promulgated regarding how uh, certain government employees didn't have to show up in person uh, to respond to FOIA requests. And you know since. COVID is a hoax, I guess, or whatever. Uh, he filed a lawsuit unsuccessfully with respect to that. Um, he, he went and got in a case called Ostergren versus Frick in 2019. Um, he, he went and got his own uh, MCAO certification, Michigan Certified Assessing Officer certification, uh, because he didn't like what the official assessors assessed as his property taxes on his second home. So he was like, well, no, I'm just going to do this myself and assess my own house. Right. Like he's a nut job. Right. So <laughs> with that, and by the way, welcome to sue me for defamation, Mr. Ostergren. Uh, this is, I'm speaking on behalf of opening arguments, media, LLC, a Maryland limited liability company. Bring it on anyway. Um, so Ostergren, as far as we can tell, lunatic, the Trump administration, because they love lunatics, certified Mr. Ostergren as, and I'm going to read this from paragraph three of their, or paragraph two of their complaint, quote, Eric Ostergren is a registered voter of Roscommon County, Michigan, and credentialed and trained as an election, quote, challenger, end of quote. Mm. Um, now, uh, there are official ballot examiners, uh, but under Michigan law, you're only allowed to have two in each particular area, right? Like, you, because you don't let them like flood the zone by sending, you know, armed proud boys out there, right? Like, we know that this was Trump's rhetoric, uh, but but the law doesn't let you do that. So Ostergren showed up at a polling booth uh, and said, "Hey, uh, I want to." examine the uh, counting of absentee ballots. Uh, and the precinct officer was like, we already have the two Republicans here. What are you talking about? Get the hell out. Yeah. And there are like serious rules in 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 Michigan about. Yeah, I, I, I think the I think the secretary of state posted them uh, on Twitter. She's like, hey, by the way, here are our rules that we have. Uh, they've been there for a long time. Enjoy. Yep. And 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 that's right. And and so on the basis, and again, <laughs> this is what I'm reading to you. What I'm reading, describing to you as facts are these are the facts that Trump is alleging, right? <laughs> like, like that their allegation is that Ostergren was kicked out, therefore ballots are being inspected without quote without inspectors from each party being present. Again, 
Remember, you could say anything you want in a complaint. It doesn't make it a fact. <laughs> as far as we can tell, every piece of evidence is that this is just nonsense. Uh, Ostergren's a lunatic. There is no evidence to illustrate uh, that that any ballots are being uh, observed and counted improperly uh, in the state of Michigan. But that is the sole basis, right? That allegation that Ostergren was kicked out is the sole basis for the injunctive relief <laughs> that that the Trump administration is requesting, uh, which is mandate that. Secretary of State Benson, order all counting and processing of absentee votes cease immediately until an election inspector from each party is present at each absent voter counting board and until video is made available to challengers of each ballot box. Uh, and then further mandate that uh, Secretary Benson order the immediate segregation of all ballots that are not being inspected and monitored as aforesaid and as is required under law. Mm. Okay, so that makes a little more sense to me because go just to go in and say stop counting and be like, all right, cool, Biden's ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then they retroactively want all those ballots that weren't viewed by Mister. I want to be my own tax assessor uh, to 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 be held or sequestered or whatever until videos can be. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> Andrew, this lawsuit is just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and and look, this is what I said this morning and I was saying late last night. This is not the behavior of a candidate who has won, right? No, right, no. In fact, he said he was going to do it. He said, oh, yeah, and the Supreme Court's going to make me win. Yay. Like, he knew. He just, it's ridiculous. And now... Let's. I uh, got a couple minutes here. Let's go to Pennsylvania. the The main one, the main lawsuit there is uh, they're trying to um, stop them from counting uh, because the postmark thing, right? They're like, no, we we don't think you should be able to count ballots uh, in the safe harbor time period, which in Pennsylvania is three days, if you if there's no uh, postmark on them, even though the the pen, and, but this isn't so much a postmark battle as it is a state supreme court battle versus a supreme court battle. It it, it is, and this so this is the Bukvar case, uh, that which is Kathy Bukvar, the Pennsylvania Secretary of State, and um, this is what had us legitimately in arms, uh, you know, sort of up in arms last week, uh, when the Supreme Court allowed uh, be a four four vote to. Uh, uh, to stand uh, the the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's uh, ruling, uh, allowing Pennsylvania to count during the safe harbor period, they nevertheless required that those that all ballots counted in the safe harbor period be segregated. Now, there's only one reason you do that, right? That is so that you can later award relief uh, if you decide that you're going to throw out all of the ballots that are counted in the, in the safe Harbor period Too good. And, 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 and Brett Kavanaugh wrote a concurrence, uh, which was terrifying. Uh, I, I broke it down at some length on, on my show a week ago. It's episode 434. If you want to deep dive on that, but essentially said for the first time ever that the Supreme court, that Brett Kavanaugh and his cronies have a unique role in criticizing and scrutinizing state Supreme Court 
interpretations of state election laws to make sure that state courts aren't usurping power away from state legislatures. Now, that is uh, it, it is uh, as fundamentally anti-federalist, as as fundamentally activist as anything any judge has ever said at any point in time in human history. Yeah. Yeah. And we went over that, too. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we yeah. went over that, too. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. I, I don't see this lawsuit being successful. I, I, I don't now because there there are two very, very good pieces of news uh, as of, you know, 6.30 p.m. On, on Wednesday night. The first is all available evidence illustrates that Biden and Harris have already won 270 electoral votes without counting Pennsylvania's electoral votes. It, so it doesn't matter. And it would not award relief to Donald Trump in any event. And number two, all available evidence points to the fact that just counting ballots received in Pennsylvania at their respective election uh, district uh, offices on election day, the math looks like that's going to be sufficient to flip the state to Biden, even without going into the safe harbor period. Right. So in other words, moot, it moots it. Yeah. The, the, the way in which uh, you would be concerned about this is if the math said, boy, it's going to be really, really tight. And in order to to get, you know, sort of over the hump, we're going to need to count, you know, safe harbor ballots and 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 bracket. We should be counting safe harbor ballots, right? Like these are people who voted early, stuck their ballots in the mail in good faith, and the Postal Service didn't deliver them on time. I I, I can't. This is not like, you know, you can't even concoct the story of like Mexicans with calves the size of cantaloupes casting fake ballots. Like this is this is this is these are people of goodwill in Pennsylvania trying to vote. Right. And by the way, what you just said is not something of, that's not of your making that has come from the Republican Party. Just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm I'm quoting Steve King there. That's I, yes. I, I, I'm you. assuming that baseline of knowledge. No, like uh, I'm Andrew Torres. Believe me, like <laughs> just cutting the just cutting the emails off at the uh, at the root. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's uh, I I I there's a there's a special place in hell for Steve King because he's a racist asshole. Yes, he is. Now, so this this moodedness sort of applies also uh, to the other Pennsylvania uh, lawsuit, and then. But I do want to talk about, and I, I am really running out of time here, but I really wanted to ask you about this filing from Jay Sekulow. Um, mm-hmm. That's Trump's impeachment lawyer, by the way, who gives money to Putin-tied organizations. Mm-hmm. Just filed with Supreme Court asking them not to count ballots received after Election Day. Oh, wait, no, that's the Pennsylvania one. Yeah, what Sekulow filed was a motion for Trump to intervene. Uh, personally. Oh, right. Because this was the one, the Pennsylvania lawsuit that they tried to do five days before the election, even though they've known about it for six months. And then they said, we want to hurry up and do this now. And the Supreme Court said, nope, not now, but we'll look at it later. And so now he's filed. Uh, Okay, it's time to look at it later. And uh, you shouldn't count those Pennsylvania votes. Sorry. Yep. And let me tell you, because I think this is going to segue into the uh, Wisconsin recount, which is sort of the last thing on, on our agenda to talk about. The the reason why Jay Sekulow is filing this now is is just money, right? It is prior to today, uh, Donald Trump has run all of these uh, suppression efforts, lawsuits, whatever, through 
his campaign, or in this case, uh, this the the Huchever, uh, the sorry the 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 Bukvar lawsuit was brought by the Republican Party of Pennsylvania. Why? So that Donald Trump doesn't have to pay his own money for it. Right. Donald Mm -hmm. Trump has to write the checks to Jay Sekulow. Jay Sekulow, America's dumbest lawyer, at least knows like, no money down. Right. Like you you don't work for Donald Trump without getting the check in advance. Uh, And so now what they want to do and and, and by the way, this motion will be granted. Right. Like it, it, it Donald Trump meets the requirements for intervention is about him. So uh, now they're going to come in and take control of the litigation. Um, And, you know, to be honest, I'm perfectly happy with that because the dream team of Jay Sekulow and Bill Consovoy is about uh, one for 94 so far in litigation matters. Um, So I'm, I'm happy to have those guys running the point on, uh, on this, uh, on this lawsuit. But, but no, this was, this was a way of making, uh, the Republican Party of Pennsylvania pay to do all the legwork, and now they get to come in and, and assume control of the litigation, you know, now that they've lost the presidency. Yeah, of course. Um, what's up with the Harris County lawsuit, the 127,000 ballots? Uh, the, the In the Harris County lawsuit, uh, the plaintiffs did not even seek relief uh, with respect to tossing out the Harris County uh, mail-in votes. Uh, so under ordinary principles of, you know, when, when you appeal, right, you have to ask anything, anything you don't ask the court to do, uh, is considered waived. So, uh, the, the relief that they sought related to, uh, same day, uh, election drive-through voting and my reading of that, there is a technical argument that because that was an emergency, uh, motion and not the appeal on the merits, uh, you could argue that it's not waived. But I certainly would say that it is functionally waived, uh, and I think ordinary principles of estoppel would uh, would would govern in that. Um, so those ballots are going to count again. Uh, I think there's. I think it's. I think what we're going to find out is, despite the fact that Texas's electors are going to go to Donald Trump, I, I think we're going to have an awful lot of data points in November, December that that says yeah. that uh, maybe Biden won that state after all. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. And and I know I know that the the Fifth Circuit said, we're not hearing you. And then they tried to appeal on bonk. Uh, and I think that's where it stands. But yep. uh, I I don't think it's going anywhere past this. Even the Supreme Court would be like, no. Yeah. Well, again, it, it's very difficult to see what one of the technical requirements for standing is that the Supreme Court is not just that you have to be aggrieved, uh, but that the court has to be able to issue you a remedy. And it's difficult to know what that remedy would be at this point. Right. Those those ballots have now, you know, contrast to Pennsylvania, where safe harbor ballots are being segregated by court order uh, in in, in, in like those ballots have been processed, right? They've been run through a machine at this point. Like, you know, you can't unscramble the egg at this point. So, right. Uh, I think that was the ver- the terms they used as well. Oh, nice. Right. Well, thank you uh, very much for going through these. I know we're going to probably have a lot to discuss. Uh, we should start our own show. Yeah, we absolutely should. Um, <laughs> the, the Trump administration has also said they're seeking a recount in Wisconsin that they're entitled to, but I bet they back out and I bet they back out for the same reason that we just went through, which is, uh, Ah, you you get, you get a chance, you get any party that loses by 1% or less can demand a recount. Uh, but if the margin is 
more, the only time the state pays for it is if the margin is a quarter of a percent or less. Yeah, I think I tweeted out uh, if if, <laughs> if Trump does call for the recount, and it looks like it'll be about a 0.75 margin, yep. which means he would have to shell out about $3 million. I said, just, hey, Wisconsin, heads up, you might want to collect that money before you do the work. <laughs> and don't take the bus that, that he sends, or you'll be stranded. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. Everybody check out Opening Arguments. It's an incredible podcast. We'll have you back on soon. I know we're going to have a lot of legal stuff to, to hash out, so I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Andrew Torres. Thank you so much. Everybody stick around. We'll be back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. Thanks for supporting The Daily Beans. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. The pandemic has not just tested our economy and our patients, but it's exposed how important it is to keep up a healthy immune system. And that's why I recommend you take the superfood powder Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Every day, while their health products boast about one vegetable, Field of Greens has 18 clinically researched essential essential fruits and vegetables. Plus, it also has ginger, turmeric, green tea, and beets. This powerful combination not only can support your heart health, but it can support a healthy immune system, like I said, very important right now, and your metabolism, blood pressure, and digestion. Field of Greens also has antioxidants, pre- and probiotics, and just one scoop and a glass of water. You stir it up, and you're done, and it's delicious. So why settle for one vegetable when you can have the entire Field of Greens? Besides, nothing goes better with your daily beans than a Field of Greens, and Field of Greens to your daily routine is a must-add. So see why their powdered greens have earned over 2,000 five-star reviews. Go to fieldofgreens15.com and get 15% off your order with the promo code BEANS at checkout. That's fieldofgreens1515.com. And it's available in two flavors, regular and wild berry. Both are delicious. Again, fieldofgreens15.com and promo code BEANS. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Oh, I need this. I'm so tired. Oh, me too. Me too, my friend. Uh, but we've got some adorable pod pets coming up and hopefully a couple laughs in the good news. So there's a little palate cleanser before you go on with your night. Uh, um, yes. Th- and thank you for sending them in. And you can send your good news or confessions or corrections. And it, it, it doesn't have to be political. It can be personal. And you can do all that at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact and and the drop-down menu will give you all these different options. Um, and we would love to hear from you. And you can include um, your pronouns. And if you want to m- remain anonymous or however you want to do it, we would love to hear from you. And, yeah, it's we now I think we're going to just start requiring a, a pod pet tax, photo tax, if you have <laughs> uh, pod pets. You can also uh, include your adorable children. Uh, whatever you f- feel, uh, I need pictures. Send them. Send me photos. Uh, <laughs> I need need them. But first up, and good job from our first submitter here, because there is a pod pet photo. And this is from Janet and pronouns she, her. Janet says, hi, beanies. Remember to check your car regularly while not driving as often. More importantly, remember to check your reusable grocery bags for forgotten fresh fish before tossing the bags back in the trunk. (laughs) Nasty. (laughs) Nasty. Here's a pic of Nimbus. This is a kitten. I have to Aww. wonder if Nimbus was like at the trunk going, meow, meow. And yeah. that's when she's like, oh, shit, there's salmon in there. It's five weeks old. <laughs> oh, God, that's so gross. Oh, God, it is gross. <laughs> and look at the, I love the the little Donald Trump doll uh, toy, know. cat toy for Nimbus Ugh, to shred. I and Nimbus is looking snoop. at him like all, all skeptical like. <sighs> 
All right. We got more good news. This is from anonymous pronouns. She and her. I'm 51 years old and never did anything for an election before except vote. This year, I have sent postcards to voters, lobbied everyone I know, and signed up to be a poll watcher. I really don't think I would have done all of this without your podcast and encouragement. Thank you so much for all your knowledge and gumption to get the rest of us out on our own, uh, out of our own heads tech illiterate so i can't find out how to send pics of my beautiful pod pets i have two cats convict and squeaky and a dog ming all over 13 years old and we'll love them all for as long as we can awesome all right well hello convict and squeaky and ming hello ming Thank you, Anonymous, for sending that in. Next up, from Ryan, pronouns he and him. Hey, Beans Queens, follow up to my confession from earlier this year. Trumpisms, butts, and whatever. (laughs) The very best news. My wife found my hidden treat stash and wasn't upset, just laughed at me and stole a bag of chips. (laughs) Oh, and also, our baby girl is here. That's the secondary good news. Okay. we had the baby she arrived on october 10th a libra like you said ag ah bingo i called it conjecture but i'm right and we've been busy ever since with looking after her and all that comes with newborn babies i've included a photo since i know you and some of the listeners are pretty big geeks like we are and would appreciate that she's already enrolled in hogwarts (laughs) it's been really (laughs) long a long difficult year but this is all we care about right now. And we're living in our little bubble and enjoying the time with little Emery. Oh, I love that name. Me too. And I can't believe I didn't do this last time, but I've also attached the pet tax, our seven-year-old cat Spooky and her annoying younger three-year-old brother Nova, who has since become Emery's protector and toe licker. Oh, a kitten licking baby toes. I can't even. Oh my goodness. Beans and libations for all during these hard times. And thank you, AG and crew, for all you do. Look. Oh, <gasps> the baby. Gryffindor. Okay. Cool. This is what I do to baby pics when you do to pod pets because <laughs> look at <laughs> I know oh. she's so cute. She's so adorable. Look at look at baby girl. Perfect. They're perfect. Thank you for those. I love the stance too. It's 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 like a breakdance fighting um jump. It's great. They're laying down. This ba- the baby is laying down on, on, on her back and she's got her little fists out and the little leg it's adorable you'll see i can't i can't all right i'm gonna move on because i'm i'm ovulating i'm ovulating (laughs) (laughs) i mean i wasn't before but i just did when i saw the baby okay um, you just started oh god so cute we have more good news more good news from molly pronouns she and her hello ladies long time listener here thank you for helping me get through the last few years i wanted to share what i found on my walk today Since the pandemic started, I've been working mostly from home. One of the blessings to come from this is that I've been trying to get in a daily walk in at noon with my dog pod, with my pod dog. I'm a little dyslexic with my pod dog. (laughs) Well, over the last 10 days, it has been bitterly cold and snowy. And finally, today temps were in the 50s again. I took my happy pup out, walked around our neighborhood in the sun, happy to escape work and looming thoughts about the election. I was intentionally feeling pretty... I'm sorry about that. I was initially, no one feels intentionally down, Dana. Okay. I was initially feeling pretty down and anxious. <laughs> My God. I was well, initially. Wait, wait. Sometimes, I, sometimes we do, though, don't we? <laughs> I guess so. comedians. I don't know about anybody Comedians else. <laughs> do. We have to be darker. We're not funny. Uh, I was in- initially <laughs> feeling. You got to stop laughing. I'm not going to be able to get through this. I was initially feeling pretty down and anxious, but came across these two minutes into my walk. 
The girls down the street made their own Black Lives Matter, Biden, and other civil rights signs and hung them along the fence. I almost cried. I was so happy. Where I live tends to lean Republican, but this gives me hope that the young will save us and not and that not all is lost. Even if tomorrow doesn't go well, uh, these girls will likely be voters in 2024 or for sure 28. And I no doubt represent an entire generation of kids who see through the bullshit. I'm, it made me want to keep fighting for them and my own son who deserves to grow up in a peaceful country. Keep fighting the good fight. I appreciate you. My husband and I have champagne chilling just in case, knock on wood, we will have a drink for you if, when the time comes. Oh, look at these signs. This is fantastic. There's a trans rights sign. There's LGBTQ on here. There's Black Lives Matter. Love. I love this. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, girl this girl young oh god bless them uh next up from anonymous pronoun she and her hi friends thank you so much for all the hard work you do after a particularly rough phone bank shift i was feeling super guilty and anxious did i not push enough could i have called more people etc so i did something i've been avoiding this entire election cycle i called my younger sister this is the first general election she's old enough to vote in but she still lives with our right-wing evangelical parents who i haven't spoken to in years after a little bit of hesitancy, she told me she was already planning on voting for Biden and Harris and let me walk her through the rest of her ballot for her very red area in rural Michigan. It was a small victory for me, and I'm super proud of her. And I think it's funny that said parents will probably be her ride to the polls on Tuesday. <laughs> I've included pet pics because you deserve them. Sunny is the tripod, Minerva is the cat, and Lou is my crushed Oreo pup. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh, look at that. Oh, <gasps> Oh my god, beautiful dogs too. I love the tripod. No, that crushed Oreo Papa. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look at that. That's so great. Tripod dogs are the best. Oh my god, I've never seen dogs faster than dogs that only have three legs. It's the craziest thing. I'm not even I'm not even being a jerk. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen is a dog with three legs that will run so fast. So fast. We learn to adjust. Animals learn to adjust. Well, humans don't learn to adjust as well as animals learn to adjust. Oh, mm. we need to. We need to learn for them. But we have more good news. I love this. More good news. This is coming from Eric, uh, the D.C. area. Pronouns he and him. Hello, lovely legumes. When I last wrote, it was to congratulate you on your nasty persistence in weathering the storm of the orange menace. This time, it's to offer a wholehearted thank you for promotion of mental health awareness and the importance of self-care. I was a whistleblower 25 years ago. I also had lingering PTSD. For me, this reached ahead in March of 2019 when I suffered a major depression and for the first time received mental health treatment. Why am I sharing this? As a white cis male in his 50s, my privilege allows me to speak out against this warped cultural belief that there is reward in quietly suffering alone. So, kudos to you for your standing up and promoting the linkage between social bonding and mental health. And for colleagues who might guess my identity, orange menace can mean many things, including the hazard level of a botched COVID response. It is not a reference to any executive office and therefore not a violation of the Hatch Act. And <laughs> uh, say that last part for me. Uh, in Unitate et Vigilia. Thank you, y'all. I've had a feeling it was uh, Latin. Vigilance in unity. Vigilance through unity, I believe. I think uh, if my Latin memories are, it might I might be completely wrong. I'll, I'll Google it. It sounds right. I'll Google it. Vigilance, later. vigilance, and unity sounds like a good translation. Sounds good to me, right? Uh, next up from Jay, pronouns he and him, and this is our last submission here. Jay says, "Hello, Beans Queens. I've always listened to the Daily Beans at work. I always listen to the Daily Beans at work to make my day a little more bearable with the old dude Trumpsters at my job." 
When I was listening to Special Flavor, Dana caused me to spit coffee all over my monitor, not only once, but twice, between as a lesbian, you'd think I would know that, and then, can that be the episode name? I spit the coffee all over. (laughs) My wife and I took election day uh, and day after off. We figured no matter how it goes, we'll have a hangover. We've already voted and got the email uh, Got the email that our votes have been counted. We live in Maryland. Thanks for the laughs in these dark times. I've included a photo of Oscar the Korgsky as payment. Corgi husky mix. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, my God is right. A Korgsky. And he, so the best eyes and the best butt at the same time. It's a Corgi husky mix. Uh, he thinks he's old enough to drive. What a gorgeous oh. dog. Look at Oscar is beautiful. I feel like Oscar's responding to you when you do that oscar he's beautiful oscar huh yeah that's what's happening i wonder if he's got the short legs i wonder if he's a shorty like a corgi he is look at you can see the the length of his legs one paw on his on the chair he's got little legs and a husky face this is amazing oh my god (laughs) i love these these. thank you so much for sending in your pod pets and your babies the baby i want to eat their toes uh, just absolutely adorable. Um, everyone, thank you for sending these in. This is made today uh, awesome, more awesome than than it's than it's turning out to be. So, everybody, thank you again. I don't I don't know how to thank you enough for everything. Dana, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I just really appreciate the you know the family, the new family I have here, and uh, you know sticking together through this election. I I do believe we've seen the last of. The orange menace, um, at least within the White House. And I hope that any news about him after Biden is inaugurated has to do with his arrest. So that's my hope. I'm right there with you. And uh, everyone will talk tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>